As we prepare to hear God's word read and proclaimed, let us pray. Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We are continuing our Lenten sermon series, What's Love Got to Do With It?, working our way through stories in the Gospel of Luke. And today's scripture comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. One Sabbath, while Jesus was going through some grain fields, his disciples plucked some heads of grain, rubbed them in their hands, and ate them. But some of the Pharisees said, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered, have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? How he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat, and gave some to his companions? Then he said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught, and there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees were watching him to see whether he would cure on the Sabbath so that they might find grounds to bring an accusation against him. But he knew what they were thinking And he said to the man who had the withered hand, come and stand in the middle. He got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good or harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to destroy it? After looking around at all of them, he said to him, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and began discussing with one another what they might do to Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Victor Hugo's 1862 novel, Les Miserables, tells the story of a convict named Jean Valjean, who has been released from prison after 19 years. Fourteen of those years were in addition to his original sentence. They were punishment for his numerous escape attempts. But he was originally sentenced to five years because Valjean had stolen a loaf of bread for his starving sister and her family. In his preface to the book, Hugo writes, So long as there shall exist by reason of law and custom, a social condemnation which artificially creates hells on earth. So long as the three problems of the age, the degradation of man by poverty, the ruin of women by starvation, and the dwarfing of childhood by physical and spiritual night, so long as those three problems are not solved, so long as ignorance and misery remain on earth, Books like this cannot be useless. Later, he told a publisher, I don't know whether it will be read by everyone, but it is meant for everyone. 
It addresses England as well as Spain, Italy as well as France, Germany as well as Ireland. Social problems go beyond frontiers. Humankind's wounds, those huge sores that litter the world, do not stop at the blue and red lines drawn on maps, he said. Wherever men go in ignorance or despair, wherever women sell themselves for bread, wherever children lack a book to learn from or a warm hearth, Les Miserables knocks at the door and says, open up, I am here for you. In spite of its formidable length and complicated plot, Hugo's book found a receptive audience and is now considered one of the greatest novels of the 19th century, if not all time. It's been made into numerous film adaptations, and if you know it for nothing else, you probably know it was a hit Broadway musical. And apparently, Les Miserables' central question continues to resonate. What happens when institutions established to maintain justice are themselves unjust? Well, when we think of the institution or the concept of Sabbath, I suspect love and justice might not be the words that come immediately to mind. If anything, most of us probably associate Sabbath with rest or taking a break from work. But in today's episode from Luke, Jesus condones or does two things on the Sabbath, harvesting grain for his hungry disciples and healing a man with a deformed and useless hand. These two things are forbidden on the Sabbath, according to Jewish law, much of which details all the way, all the different ways, the fourth commandment to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy is to be followed and can be violated. Harvesting grain and healing are forbidden in as much as they are a kind of work. And the Sabbath is a day when all work stops. But Jesus' response to the criticism of the religious leaders invites us to a deeper understanding, not just of the Sabbath, but of God's desire that we prioritize love and justice and that we bring these together by meeting the most pressing and basic needs of God's people, needs like feeding the hungry and healing the sick. It didn't quite achieve the widespread popularity of Les Miserables, but a slim book published in 1951 by Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel called The Sabbath has been considered a theological masterpiece ever since. It was required reading when I was in seminary for good reason. Heschel challenges a simplistic or utilitarian definition of Sabbath as a day when we stop working. Instead, Heschel describes Sabbath as a cathedral in time. Because Sabbath is in the realm of time, it is distinct, he says, from the realm of space, which is where we spend most of our days. 
Space, by its very definition, is something we must compete with each other for. I cannot occupy precisely the same space you do. So when we are in the realm of space, we are competing with each other for possession, security, and control. And when that happens, living in the world with other human beings starts to feel like a zero-sum game. But time is different. Time is something we can occupy together and share with one another in a way we can't simultaneously occupy or share space. This gives time a whole different set of possibilities, as Heschel writes, not to have, but to be, not to own, but to give, not to control, but to share, not to subdue, but to be in accord. Heschel draws a direct connection between God's gift of Sabbath, a gift of love and care for God's people, and God's desire for justice. Since Sabbath is a time to remember who we are and consider how God calls us to relate to and care for one another. Sabbath isn't just a time of not working. Sabbath is a reorientation of our priorities, away from security and control and achievement and toward God's all-encompassing love, which cannot be separated from God's justice. Sabbath brings together love and justice, and God commands us Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. A few weeks ago, I attended an ecumenical interfaith clergy conference where the Reverend Dr. Margaret Amer from Austin Presbyterian Seminary taught on these Sabbath texts. Because the conference was interfaith, she invited a rabbi to reflect on the text from a Jewish perspective to help explain both why the Pharisees and scribes got so angry about Jesus plucking grain and healing on the Sabbath and why Jesus, one who knew well the demands of Jewish law, did it anyway. The rabbi explained to us that Sabbath has never just been a time when God's people are commanded to stop working. Sabbath is a time when God's people must stop participating in unjust systems, especially systems that create inequalities contrary to God's vision for human community. So if someone was hungry on the Sabbath, the rabbi said, anyone who has resources of food is required to invite them to their table to eat. If someone is suffering on the Sabbath, tending to their suffering was more important than keeping strict Sabbath rules. So, as Dr. Amer concluded, for Jesus and his disciples to be so hungry that they needed to pick and eat raw grain on the Sabbath day, was an indictment against the religious leaders who criticized them. Rather than criticizing Jesus and his disciples, they should have been inviting them over for a meal. As a faithful Jew, 
Jesus knows Sabbath is not about taking a break or practicing self-care. Sabbath, like the season of Lent, is a reorientation of our priorities, away from security and control and achievement and towards God's love, which cannot be separated from God's justice. Sabbath is how we practice bringing love and justice together, and God commands us, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Jesus also knows that Sabbath is for everyone. In God's original commandment to keep the Sabbath in Exodus 20, it's part of the Ten Commandments, no one is to work on the Sabbath day, not God's people and not their servants and not their animals and not the immigrants or refugees in their communities. This is in part why the religious leaders become so angry with Jesus, to the point that they start scheming how to get rid of him. By feeding and healing on the Sabbath, he is pointing out, exposing how they are using and abusing their power, interpreting the law in ways that oppress those who are already suffering. Jesus was pointing out that Sabbath is a time when all the hierarchies that we live in the rest of our days collapse and all competition stops. It's not so much a day of rest as it is a day of love. And to love another person is to desire they have health and wholeness, dignity and worth. And in this way, on the Sabbath, love and justice meet. Now, this Sabbath practice is hard for Christians, in part because we believe God's grace means we are no longer constrained by the law that says we must observe the Sabbath in very particular ways for 24 hours of time each week. The problem is this often means we fail to practice Sabbath at all. At that clergy conference, as we discussed the text in small groups around our tables, the rabbi who was sitting at our table suggested this. We could start by finding a period of time, it doesn't have to be a whole day, when we stop using electronic devices and refrain from all financial transactions. I assure you, I had the response you're probably having right now. On the one hand, oh yeah, that sounds great. On the other, I don't know if I could pull that off for an hour, much less the better part of a day. But just imagine if together we adopted a Sabbath practice and even for a short period of time reoriented ourselves away from all the things that have such a grip on our attention, not just our work, but the news, social media, politics, sports, shopping, planning, our endless to-do lists. What if we turned our attention, our full and loving attention toward God and each other 
and those in our community whose suffering we are often simply too busy to notice. What if we practiced Sabbath as a reorientation of priorities away from security and control and achievement and toward God's love, which cannot be separated from God's justice? What if Sabbath can be our practice of bringing love and justice together? God commands us, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. In an interview for the podcast Invisibilia, Michael Rabdu described a warm summer night in Washington, D.C. when he and his wife and six of their friends gathered around a backyard table for dinner. They toasted family and friendship. They ate good food and drank fine French wine. But around 10 p.m., something happened that changed all that. As if in slow motion, the barrel of a gun emerged between Michael and his wife. The hand holding the gun belonged to a man medium height, wearing clean, high-end sweats. He raised the gun and held it first to the head of a woman named Christina and then to the head of Michael's wife. Then he said, give me your money. He kept repeating this, give me your money, give me your money, or I'm going to start shooting. The problem was no one at the party had any cash. So they started talking, grasping for some way to dissuade the man. They started with guilt. What would your mother say if she could see you here? But the man said, I don't have a mother. Michael remembers thinking this was going to end very badly. But then Christina spoke up. You know, she said, we're just here celebrating, enjoying this beautiful evening. Why don't you join us? And have a glass of wine. Suddenly, the man's face changed. He accepted a glass of wine, took a sip, and said, Oh, that's really good wine. He ate a piece of cheese. He put down his gun. And after a few moments, he looked around them and said, I think I've come to the wrong place. Everyone nodded and said, hey, we understand, it happens all the time. For a moment there was silence, just the sound of insects chirping, and then the man said the last thing any of them expected to hear, can I get a hug? One person hugged him and then another, and then he said, can we have a group hug? So everyone got up and formed a circle around this man and gave him a hug. After apologizing for interrupting their party, he turned and walked away, still holding the glass of wine, but leaving the gun where he'd laid it down. Later that evening, after everyone had calmed down, they found the wine glass placed on the sidewalk by the alley, not thrown down, or carelessly discarded, but neatly placed. It was like a miracle, Michael said, a miracle. Was it a miracle? Or was it Sabbath? 
a reorientation away from the world of space and competition and violence and toward God's love and mercy and justice. A time of food and wine and healing and compassion and hugs for friends and strangers and enemies. A time when we stop working against one another and start being for one another and with God. A time when heaven comes to earth. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Amen.